1: it's been wrecking me so if y'all don't like it I'm sorry I like it so I'm gonna keep preaching it and I like you and so I I think that you'll like this because this will help you a lot this is helping me I mean I'm telling you this is stuff that God is giving me that's just like fresh off the press Like this isn't five years something I'm pulling out of a book somewhere I mean this is like fresh revelation the Lord's giving me about the power of thanksgiving The Lord led me in prayer to teach about Thanksgiving, and and that's all that I heard from the Spirit of God was that he wanted me to study and teach about praise and teach about Thanksgiving, and as I began to read the scriptures and go through these different principles in the Bible, I just got so excited. I mean, you can ask my wife, we'll be driving down the road in the car, and I'm like, babe, let's just pray for like 15 minutes and just start thanking God for, let's thank God for that gray wall over there. Let's thank God for this carpet. Look, there's a dandelion. Let's thank God for that flower on the side of the road. I mean, it's just crazy. But there's power in Thanksgiving. It's so powerful. Praise and Thanksgiving is the most powerful tool in your hand as a believer. Amen. Praise and thanksgiving, guys, and I really want you to hear this today. I don't want to give you a cliche message like this is just Thanksgiving themed. I really want you to hear these words. Thanksgiving is the key to the believer's life. It really, truly is. Worship, praise, and thanksgiving is the key to your life. Amen. You know what? That's what God wants. The only thing God can't do for himself is, is praise himself. Do you understand Like how weird God just like clones himself and he dances before his own presence. Like God can't praise himself. He can do everything else for himself. He can make the heavens and the earth. He don't need your help to do that. He didn't need your help to form the mountains, to create all the animals on the ground and the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea. But the only thing that he can't do is praise himself. And we were created to worship. We were created for fellowship. We were created to praise God. And I'm telling you, when you begin to do this, supernatural things begin to happen in your life. Amen. And I really am challenging us to not just make praise and thanksgiving Sunday. While we're playing instruments and we're worshiping, like that's an extremely biblical thing to do and I love it and it's amazing and God loves it. But we should live lifestyles every day where we give thanksgiving and praise to God. A lifestyle continually, every day. David said we're gonna read this seven times a day. Can you say seven times a day? Why in the world would this dude praise God seven times a day? Is it because he was more spiritual than you are? Is it be, you, No, he, you have the Holy Ghost. He didn't even have the Holy Ghost. But why did he praise God seven times a day? Was he just some spiritual guru? No, he understood from a young age the key to life. And he said, I'm going to take this key, and I'm going to use this sucker like a tool, and it's going to help me. Amen. And guess what? It did. Amen. Are you all still with me? Praise and thanksgiving is the most powerful tool in your hand. I want you to write this down from last week, and we're just going to go right into this. Praise and thanksgiving brings forth the blessing. Why do you need to learn uh, the power? Why do you need to learn how to praise God, how to thank God? Why do you need to adapt this into your life today? Because that praising God and giving God thanks is the key to the blessing of the Lord in your life. It's the key. Not only it doesn't give you the blessing, you have the blessing because you belong to Christ. Right? Ephesians 1 says, in Christ you have received every spiritual blessing. Amen. So you're already blessed because you belong to the Lord. You're in covenant with God through Christ Jesus, right? So you have this account that's full and full to the brim of blessings that's just waiting for you. But how do you access this account and see these things in your life functioning, happening, doors opening, favor upon your life? How do you access this account that you have with the Lord where every spiritual blessing exists? through praise and thanksgiving. Amen. You know, a lot of Christians live impoverished. A lot of Christians really struggle their entire lives. And and I'm telling you, it's because a lot of people don't, don't pray. They don't understand these things. They don't give the Lord thanks. I mean, Christians, sadly enough, are some of the most cold, just I see people that you've ever met, no joy whatsoever. I mean, it's horrible. And what, what does that do? They have all of these things that the Lord's promised them, but they never are able to access those things and see these things because they don't know how to swipe the card and use the key to access the promises that God has given you, amen. Let me show you this. This scripture has become like one of my favorite scriptures when studying for this, Psalm 67, five through six praise and thanksgiving brings forth the blessing psalm 67 five through six look what the bible says may the nations praise you O god yes may all the nations praise you then can you say then then the earth will yield its harvests and god our god will richly bless us then can you say then When you begin to praise, it causes the earth to yield its harvest to you. And it says, then our God will richly, can you say richly? Richly. Bless us. Did the harvest come before, in this scripture, did the harvest come before praise? Did the blessing come before praise? Or does the scripture say that the blessing and the harvest comes after praise? It actually says, if you praise the Lord, then this is what it will cause in your life. The earth will yield its harvest, and God, our God, will richly bless us. Amen. Psalm 67, 5 through 6. Write that down. Circle it. When you get home, go get you a Sharpie and just write it on your wall in your living room so you look at it every day. Write this down for number one. I want you to write this down. When you praise and give thanks it causes the earth to work for you, not you to work for it. When you praise and give thanks, it causes the earth to work for you, not you to work for it. It causes the world to work for you, not you to work for it. This is one of the most interesting takeaways from this scripture. You know, you have to understand the earth was created to produce for man. And I know some of this seems like recap from last week, but you know what? If you've been reading your faith workbook, Kenneth Hagin said sometimes you've got to preach something a hundred times before people get it. Amen. Maybe I'll preach this until I start seeing people jump up and get excited and start giving the Lord a shout of praise and they're thankful because then I'll know. Somebody got the revelation. When you praise and give thanks, it causes the earth to work for you, not, for, not you to work for it. The earth was created to provide for man. When God created the earth and he put man on the earth, man didn't have to kill himself nine to five to get ahead. Man, I've just been busting my tail out there in the garden all day long and it's just like a struggle. We're barely getting by. The earth provided for man. God designed the earth to naturally provide abundantly for mankind. They didn't have to kill themselves. They didn't have to go out in the field and, I hope this works, and either we'll eat or we don't eat. They got to live in abundant provision and just fellowship with God. They got to live in a perfect world where the blessing of God came, that their barns were always filled, their tables were always filled, their needs were always taken care of, the earth naturally provided for humankind. Amen. That's the world that God created man to live in. But what happened? When sin entered into the world, it says a curse entered into the world. And a part of that curse, now by the sweat of a man's brow, you shall eat from the land. Now all of a sudden, this curse comes in because of sin, and now man has to kill himself. Man has to go out there 12 hours a day and break their back and, sh- and-, and shed blood, sweat, and tears just to get ahead in life. And the Bible says when you begin to praise, when the nations praise God, then the earth will yield its harvest. When you begin to praise the Lord, your life supernaturally steps outside of this curse that's been placed on your life. And the earth begins to provide for you and work for you, not you killing yourself, working for it. How can I put this to you more practically? There's people, they've been killing themselves for 10 years trying to get ahead trying to get somewhere, trying to be somebody, just always, it's the struggle. Trying to get ahead and, 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 and climb the ladder and, and, and provide for their family, take care of the things they need to take care of. And then when you begin, so this is what the Bible says, when you begin to get the revelation of praise and thanksgiving, you begin to thank the Lord, you begin to praise the Lord. These things that you've been striving for for years, shedding blood, sweat, tears, time, they just begin to pop up in your life left and right. Amen. That's crazy. Doesn't that seem like it's too good to be true? I'm telling you, it's true. I'm going to show you Bible example of how this was true for God's people all throughout the scripture. Man, you're sitting there, you're just working, you're like, if I can work harder, if I can work harder, if I can get smarter, if I can just be better, then I can get to where I want to get. And you're like, it doesn't seem, it seems like no matter how hard I'm working, I'm just not getting to where I want to be. Well, Start living a life where you just start thanking the Lord. In the morning, you thank God. In the afternoon, you take a few minutes and say, Lord, I'm thankful for my job. I'm thankful for my family. I'm gonna praise you. I'm gonna worship you. I'm gonna lift up your name and give you praise. In the evening, before you go to bed, you spend time with your family thanking the Lord for the day, thanking the Lord for his promises, thanking the Lord for his covenant. And then all of a sudden, after a few weeks go by, a month goes by, you're like, man, this thing that I've been trying, to get opened up for me for years. It's just, it, these things are just popping up left and right in my life now. When you begin to praise and give thanks, it causes the earth to work for you, not you to work for it. Amen. Man. Hallelujah. It says, may the nations praise you, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. Then the earth will yield its harvest, and God our God will richly bless us. This is the tool, the key. Let's turn to Psalms 1. Psalms 1. You know, this is, people think this is crazy, what I'm saying. That's that cotton candy gospel message. Really? Well, I guess let's just rip out, you know, Deuteronomy 28. Let's rip out John 10.10. Let's rip out Psalms 1. Let's rip out uh, all these passages in the Bible that say the same thing. Let's rip out Joshua chapter 1. Look at Psalms 1. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, nor stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. What does the Bible promise you? That you'll be like a tree. They, the people that delight in the law of the Lord, meditate on it day and night. They're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all that they do. Amen. I preach that scripture to you so much because this is a scripture I keep in the forefront of my life. When the devil comes to test me, and, and I start getting into that human thinking, like, right, this is just life. Sometimes you're going to go on mountaintops. Sometimes you're going to go through valleys. This is just part of it, praise God. No, I keep that scripture in the forefront of my vision, and anytime time the devil comes to test, I bring God back to his word, and I say, Lord, you said that I would be like a tree planted by the river who bears fruit every season, whose leaves never wither, who prospers in everything that I do. So, Lord, I'm doing a lot of things right now, so that means according to your word, I should be prospering in these things. The devil will come to lie to you. It's a test of faith. The Bible's promised you. Amen. The Bible's promised you. You don't have to go down in life. You don't have to struggle. Jesus actually told his disciples, don't worry about these things that everybody else worries about. The food that you eat, the clothes that you wear, the house that you got to live in, the car that you need to drive. He said, seek first the kingdom of heaven and live righteously and all of these things will be added unto you. Amen. The earth was designed to provide for you. Wouldn't it be amazing to get to live life where your needs were met abundantly? Because life provided for you, God made a way for you, there was a favor on your life that things were just taken care of. This is foreign to Christians, but this was the first message that Jesus taught his disciples when he sent them out into the ministry. It doesn't matter which gospel account you read this in. When Jesus sent the 72, you know what he told them? Don't take a traveler's bag with you. Don't take a walking stick. Don't take bread with you. Don't even take a pair of sandals with you. What did he say? Go. Let people bless you. Let the earth provide for you. Let God make a way for you. Just go. Be obedient. Do what I tell you to do. You know what the Bible says? It says they came back crawling on the ground. Jesus, why would you do this to us? crying, you know, their faces are dirty, their knees are cut up, they're crying. Like, that was horrible. That was the most horrible thing I've ever done in my life. Is that what the Bible says? No. It says they came back rejoicing. They said, Lord, everything that you said, it came to pass. Even the demons obeyed us when we used your name. Even mountains, when the devil tried to put obstacles in front of us, Lord. But just like you said, when we were moving forward and this mountain stood right in front of us, we spoke to it using your name and everything that was standing in our way just got out of the way. Our needs were met, abundantly provided for. This is really basic Christianity. And the Bible says that this is the key. So so, so many people, how come so many people don't experience this? in their life. It's clear that the Bible promises it to us. So why don't some people see this or experience this? Let's go back to the scripture. When you begin to praise the Lord, when you begin to give him thanks, it causes the earth to yield its harvest that is due to you. If you're a believer, there's a harvest that's due to you. Everybody wants to walk around like a slave. Everybody wants to walk around with this slave mindset. Like, I'm just happy to, you know, not be dead. And they just, I'll live in a cardboard box. I'm happy with that. When you're a believer, there's a harvest that's due to you. You have received, Ephesians 1, every spiritual blessing now that you belong to Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2, Ephesians 3 both say the same things. When you put your faith in Christ Jesus, it says now you are a partaker of the covenant promises, the covenant blessings that God promised to his children. There's blessing promised to you. There's a harvest that's promised to you. And when you begin to worship and praise and thank the Lord, it causes that harvest to come into fruition, into your possession. Are you all still with me this morning? Man, this excites me. This makes me want to pray. This makes me want to jump up and down. This makes me want to shout. This makes me want to praise the Lord. Look at this. Write this down for number two. Praise is the crop harvester. Praise is the crop harvester. Last week I said praise is the sickle. Can you say sickle? I asked my wife after the service, I said, I hope everybody knows like a sickle, right? Everybody gets the 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 point. She said, I don't know. I don't think she knew what a sickle was. I said, that's the thing, right? The grim reaper like walks around, the big harvester you slice weeds with, wheat with. Anyways, praise is the crop harvester. Anybody ever seen a crop harvester? Just somebody rolling out there and, and it's just picking up. Uh, tons of cotton, tons of crop all at once. So the Bible says, when you praise and give thanks, you are harvesting your crop. Amen. Can you say amen? So many people have, you know, there's even a lot of good Christian people. For instance, this is something people struggle with all the time. There's good Christian people that have tithed their whole life you all understand this? There's good Christian people that have tithed, that have done what God said in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, where he says, bring your tithe to the storehouse. Go ahead, put that on the screen for me, Brandon. Malachi 3. God says, bring your tithe to the storehouse and your offerings to the storehouse. If you do, says the Lord, I'll pour out a blessing so great you won't be able to contain it. I'll open the windows of heaven for you. So there's so many Christians that have done this. They've sown seed. They have plenty of seed in the ground, but yet they never see that promise come to pass where they step into uh, the windows of heaven being open for me. Lord, you said that if I gave you this percentage and honored you in this way, you would pour out a blessing so great I wouldn't even be able to contain it. I don't see that blessing in my hand. There's so many people that have a huge harvest that's waiting for them. But just because you sowed the seed, sowing the seed doesn't get you the fruit. You have to harvest the fruit to get the fruit. There's a lot of people that know how to sow, but there's very few people that know how to harvest the seed that they've sown. The Bible says in Psalms 67, when you praise, when all the nations praise you, the earth yields the harvest and God our God will richly bless us. Praise and thanksgiving is the sickle that brings in the harvest into your life. Amen. Sowing may not be your problem. I know our Christian, in our church, we have a lot of faithful people that just sow seed left and right. Sowing may not be your problem. Harvesting may be the thing that you need to learn. Amen. Be like David. I told you I ought to show this to you. Psalms one nineteen one sixty four. 164. He says, I will praise you seven times a day because all of your re- regulations are just I'll praise you. David said, I'll praise you seven times a day. Again, it's not because he was the most spiritual person. It's not because he was just some spiritual guru. He understood this tool. He understood that this was the sickle. This was the harvester to collect the seed that he had due, the harvest that he had due to him. I want you to see this. Do what David did and get what David got. Do what David did and get what David got. What did David get? God took him from the shepherd's field to the king of all Israel. How? Y'all understand, David was the youngest of all of his brothers. He had many brothers that were trained in battle. That For one, I need you to understand this. David wasn't even born into a royal bloodline. David should have never been the king. David had no business doing anything like that. And on top of that not going for him, he was the youngest, the smallest, the prettiest little boy out in the field. His brothers had been trained. His brothers had went to academy. They were trained in war. If anybody from his family should have, right, been promoted and elected, it should have at least been one of his older brothers. But it wasn't. Why? Why? Because David understood the key to God's heart seven times a day. Lord, I'm going to thank you. I'm going to give you praise. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to be out in the field even when I don't see the blessing yet. But I'm still going to praise you because I understand the key to your heart. And the Lord took him from the shepherd's field and set him as the king over all Israel. You do what David did. You get what David got. Look at this. 2 Samuel 6, 16 through 22. David actually tells you the key to his success. Look at this. As the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michael, the the daughter of Saul, looked down from her window and she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. She was filled with contempt for him. There's a lot of religious people that are the same way. It's like, hey, You come to this church, y'all just got a little too loud in worship for me. You know, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not worshiping you. I'm worshiping God. What you say doesn't affect my life. What he says affects my life. I'm not trying to win the key to your heart. I'm trying to win the key to his heart. Amen. David danced. David was leaping. And there's that religious spirit looking down at him with contempt. Oh, my gosh, look at him. He looks like an idiot. It says he was fil- she was filled with contempt for him. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the special tent. David had prepared for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. I mean, I'm telling you guys, even, even offerings. That's why we talk about uh, offerings and stuff so much is David understood he had this honor for God's presence He worshiped the Lord with his voice. He worshiped the Lord with his time. He worshiped the Lord with his material wealth as well. He kept God in the place that God should be kept. Amen. Are y'all still with me? So it says... We had, when he had finished his uh, sacrifices, David blessed the people in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. Then he gave to Is- the, every Israelite man and woman in the crowd a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins. Then all the people returned to their homes. When David returned home to bless his own family, Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. She said in disgust, how distinguished the king of Israel looked today, shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person might do. Look what David said. David retorted to Michael, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father and his family. He appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord, so I will celebrate before the Lord. He gives you the key. Why was David chosen above her family? Above her dad, above her brothers, because David had a heart after God and knew how to praise him and knew how to give him thanks and knew how to worship him. And God caused David to succeed and to be promoted above everybody else. Are you all still with me here? David said, yes, I am willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes. But those servant girls that you mentioned will indeed think I'm distinguished. He knew how to worship the Lord, how to give him thanks. This is the key to life. Amen. I'll, go, I'll be as bold to say this. If you'll learn how to worship the Lord, if this church will learn how to worship the Lord, we'll never lack for anything. If we'll learn how to give God thanks the biblical way, you will never lack for one thing in your life. Amen. Amen. When you begin to give God praise and thanks, and I'm not just talking about once a week, I'm talking about a reset in life every day, building disciplines in your life to make sure to keep God where he needs to be kept in your life, you'll never have to beg God to promote you. You won't have to beg him and, Lord, please, please help me, please help me get out of the situation. His goodness and his mercies will chase you down. Greater things in life will chase you down. You won't have to go chasing after them. They'll chase you down. They'll be added unto you. Amen. God is looking for people. Look, God promoted David above everybody else. He knew how to praise. David told him this was the key. This was the key. God, I, I'm, I'm going to sit here and dance when everybody's watching me and thinks that I'm a fool because I learned that God likes it. And every time I do it, he blesses me. Every time I do it, he blesses me even more. So I don't care who's watching. I don't care who thinks I'm an idiot. I'm going to do it. Amen. Here's a principle. Jesus told us the same thing. He said, John 4, 23. I want you to write this down. God is looking for people who will worship him. God is looking for people who will worship him. It's funny, when God started thinking about a king of Israel, he was looking for, he didn't just, okay, I'm going to predestine, and that's what everybody thinks, God is just sovereign, he just predestines everything, either you're going to be great in life, and it's just by the sovereignty of God, or you're going to be nothing in life, and do nothing, and struggle your whole life, it's really just up to chance, whatever God feels like, I guess, that's not the way that it works, when David, when God was looking for a position to be filled, he was looking for who was worshiping him. He was looking for who was in the field whenever nobody was watching in lifting up his name and learning the key to his heart and learning humility and learning how to submit themselves to him and learning how to give him thanks. The Lord is looking for people. Amen. John four twenty three. Jesus said the time is coming and indeed it's here. The true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those, can you say looking for those, who will worship him that way. God is looking for people that will worship him. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I got a couple more points I'm going to give to you this morning. Turn to 2 Chronicles 20. We're going to read a little bit here, but I want you to see this. And if I butcher the names, you know, I read these Bible names sometimes and I'm like, why couldn't they just be named Jack or Larry? You know, something easy. I read these things and I'm like, Lord, I think I need to go back to kindergarten. I can't read. I can't even pronounce this. Second Chronicles 21 through 30. This is under the 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 point I want to show you. All these these things that were true for David. This reality that praise brings forth the blessing. Praise is the sickle that brings the harvest into your possession. I want to show you this model. 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 2 Chronicles 20, 1 through 30. Y'all were saying, 2 Corinthians, I just flipped all the way back. Look at chapter 20. It says, after this, the armies of the Moabites, the Ammonites, and some of the Mianites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Hazazon uh, tomorrow. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting So people from all other towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. That's why fasting is important too. That's a side note, guys. You can look all throughout the scripture. Fasting is an immediate way to move the hand of God. When you need something moved in your life, this is why the discipline of prayer and fasting is so important. They begin fasting. And he didn't just, well, I'm going to fast. You know, it's crazy. As a leader, he actually put responsibility on people. You need to fast. We want God to do something. It's not just one person's job to seek the Lord and pray and fast and do the things that need to be done. Everybody, ev- corporately, we need to commit to these things. Amen. Uh, Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. He prayed, "O oh Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the, uh, are the God who is in heaven. You are the ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Uh, Our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? Did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? You people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced with calamities such as war, plague, or famine, we can come and stand in the presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out for you to save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. Y'all, this is amazing that these people understood. What did he say? When we're faced with war, when we're faced with famine, When we're faced with the COVID-19, do you understand Christians can come together and petition the Lord and see his hand move on our behalf? Stop walking around in fear. Stop living in fear. Amen. Let's get results. So he says, verse 10, and now see that the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt. So they went around them and did not destroy them. Verse 11, now see how they reward us, for they have come to throw us out of your land, which you gave us as an inheritance. Oh God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We don't know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. All of the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, their children. The Spirit of the Lord, verse 14, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehazel, son of Zechariah, son of Beniah, son of Jeriel, son of Mataniah, the Levite who was a descendant of Asaph. He said, listen, you, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King, listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle's not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You'll find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jurial. But you will not even need to fight. Look at this. You will not even need to fight. Take your possessions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low to his face on the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping. Can you say worshiping? The Lord. Then the Levites from the clan of Kohath and Korah stood to praise. Can you say praise? Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. Church is supposed to be loud, amen. Verse 20, early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. Verse 21, after consulting the people, the king appointed singers, can you say singers? Singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. So who sends singers into into battle? That's not really the way the United States does it, is it? We send a bunch of people with, you know, guitars and harps and they're just out in front of people in, in, in the front lines. This is what they felt led to do because the Lord promised them victory. They sent singers, and they were singing, give thanks. Can you say give thanks to the Lord? His faithful love endures forever. At that very moment that they began to sing, at that very moment. Can you say at that very moment? They began to sing and give praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point, In the wilderness, they all saw, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had had escaped. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. Can you say plunder? They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry. Could you say more than they can carry? There was so much plunder that it took them three days just to collect it all. On the fourth day they gathered in the valley of blessing, which got its name that day, because the people praised and thanked the Lord. It is called the valley of blessing to this day. Amen. Amen. When they began to worship the Lord, guys, I want you to hear this. When they began to worship the Lord, they went from, the the Bible says they went from being in a valley of death to a valley of blessing. When they begin to sing and praise and worship, their problems went from oh my gosh, we're going to be destroyed and we're going to be killed to now we don't have enough arm space to carry the blessing that he has poured out on our lives. Amen. Praise and worship brings forth the blessing. Amen, praise comes before the blessing. When you praise God and give thanks, it causes the earth to yield its harvest. They didn't even have to fight. They didn't even have to fight. They didn't have to go and take it from the devil. All they had to do was worship the Lord, and he caused the earth, he caused the enemy to give it to them. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you all still here this morning? I want to share this last thing with you. Write this down. And then I want to pray for you. Number four. Praise comes before. Can you say before? In Psalm 67 it says, praise all the earth, praise the Lord. Then the earth will yield its harvest. And the Lord our Lord, God our God, will richly bless us. Praise comes before the result. We just read that uh, in the story, they didn't get the plunder, they didn't get the victory until it says the moment that they begin to sing and the moment that they begin to praise is the moment that the Lord began to cause the enemy to fight against themselves. You praise first, then the blessing follows. You praise first, then the blessing follows. So, this is what people do. Many people are trying to get the victory first. Many people are trying to work really hard and they're like, man, they're trying to fight all of these battles and get the victory, get the blessing that God has promised to them and they don't ever thank God. They don't ever praise. And so when it's, when it, what ends up happening? They fail because you can't do it in your own strength. You can't win the victory. You can't can't have all of these things just by your own effort, your own goodness. It's the blessing of the Lord. And so because people have this backwards, they think, okay, I'll praise God after I see the blessing. Right, Lord, drop some blessing in my lap, and then once I see it in my hand, then I'll praise you. Then I'll jump around and shout. Then I'll get excited about something. Praise comes before the result. Say before so, people don't learn this. And so they fight, they fight, they fight, they fight, they go to war, they end up losing. And then they're like, oh my gosh, okay, I lost, so I need to try harder. And so they never thank the Lord. Before they go into battle, before they start their day, before they engage in anything, they never thank the Lord and praise Him and keep Him in His proper place. And so they just live in this lifestyle, this cycle of losing. You have to praise before you get the result. This is the same principle. As faith, this is the last thing I'm going to share with you. The same principle is faith. Many people are waiting to believe when they see it. I know that the Bible says I'm healed. I'll believe I'm healed when I feel healed. That's not the way faith works. People are saying, I'll believe, okay, the Bible says I'm blessed. I'll believe I'm blessed when I see it. The Bible says that faith is believing before you see it. Can you say before? Before you see it. Hebrews 11.1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Can you say not seen? So faith is believing that you have it before you ever see it. This is what Jesus said in Mark 11.24. You can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, you what is you have is that past tense present tense or future tense that you have received it that's past tense jesus said you can have anything the only key is you have to believe that you already have it you have to believe you have it before you ever see it this is how faith works and the Bible says that it's the same way, that when you praise, when you give thanks to God, it's the same thing. Praise comes before the blessing. You have to praise, you have to give thanks before you see the manifestation in your life. Amen. You know, the Bible teaches us, this is the last scripture, Philippians 4, 6. The Bible teaches us to pray this way. It says in Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, in the New King James Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer, supplication, and with what? Thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. What is that scripture saying? I'm supposed to thank God for what I don't have? Well, that's the key. When you understand the Bible, you do have it. You do have it. Bring your need if you 're needing something in your life, I know that i 'm healed I'm promised healing. Jesus already purchased it for me, but I need to experience it. The Bible says you don't go and beg God for something that you already possess. I know the Bible says I am blessed. Physically, spiritually, financially, materially, there's all these promises for me, but I'm needing to see this in my life. That's okay. The Bible says you can make your request known to God, but you wrap it in thanksgiving. What does that mean? That doesn't mean you go and beg God to give you something. You begin to thank him before you see it because you stand in faith believing that the Bible says it already belongs to you. Lord, please heal me. Please heal me. Please heal me. I'm tired of feeling this way. I'm tired of hurting all the time. I'm tired of being sick all the time. Please heal me. And I want you to hear this. Hope. Wishful thinking doesn't move the hand of God. Faith moves the hand of God. And the Bible says faith is the substance of the thing you're hoping for, the evidence of the things not yet seen. Faith says, Lord, actually I believe 2 Peter... First Peter chapter 2, it says, By your stripes I was healed. So Lord, instead of me begging you to get this in my life, I'm going to begin to praise you. I'm going to begin to thank you. And when I begin to praise and thank you and believe that I have already received those things in Christ, then I shall see it come to fruition in my life. Amen. Can you guys stand to your feet?
0: Thank you so much for tuning in with me as I shared the Word of God. If you would like to become more than just a casual listener and want to give to our ministry, you can do so in the following ways. For credit or debit, go to www.nbchuntington.org donate. For PayPal, you can send it to NBC Huntington. For Cash App, use dollar sign capital N-B-C-H-T-X-20. Thank you so much. I pray God blesses you abundantly. Until next time. This is John Wallace.